0: And now, live from Pod Cabin in Burbank, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes your guest. He's a comedian who would like to tell you about an incredible once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be your own boss, etc. And all you have to do is watch his new comedy special Big Nothingness and be willing to not earn any money. It's David Huntsberger. And she's a comedian, writer, and proprietor of the World's Tiniest Comedy Club. It's Sarah Schaefer. Chef Jeff is here to accept the Tony Award on Tony's behalf for Best Adapted Tony, based on a previous Jeff. I'm her husband, Daniel. Say and hop on board, love bus. Say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen.
1: Hello, my little Spam Musubis. Uh, welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon. Patreon! By Elizabeth Yandall. It is her child's fourth birthday coming up, and that is his favorite food. Uh, and I'm wondering where she lives, that this is something that they're going to get frequently. Or maybe it's everywhere. I don't know. I also don't know. Is it Spam Musubi or Spam Musubis? There's a lot I don't know, but last week I completely forgot to select a carbohydrate at all. So at least I chose one this week. Anyway, very excited to introduce my guests to get to, to brass, get down to brass tacks with this show. Uh, let me just say real fast, I am on Patreon. Patreon. Bonus episodes, the friend zone just had Jenna Kim Jones on. It was super fun. Uh, uh, you can see the video of this as a, as a patron. Um, there's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. I feel like I'm forgetting some stuff, but there's all sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash allison Rosen. And if you sign Patreon. up for a year, thank you. If you sign up for a year, you get two months free. So it's 12 months for the price of 10. And also you can submit carbohydrates. Okay, let's get to it. Dave Huntsberger, hello. Welcome back.
2: Hello. And I'm excited that Jeff is back. Well, I know. Welcome back.
1: A a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of passion from our studio audience regarding <laughs> Jeff's return.
2: Well, they're, they're not...
1: <laughs> I mean, he's a, <laughs> yeah, he's a polarizing figure. I get it. Oh,
2: well, and he did a you trick know, there at the end. What dazzled him? They said, "Wow!"
1: I know
3: a, a dance move. I did. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, and which would be all of you who don't know, uh, the, the camera on Jeff's computer is not working right now. So we who are recording this, as we record this, we're just staring at a box that says Jeff Fox, parentheses, computer. You look like you've been chatting box, man. That's why uh, I had to
3: shut the, ca- the camera off.
1: <laughs> Again, and I just like to remind everyone, when I watched the guy who I had just a humongous crush on in high school... When I watched him comment to another surfer friend, you'd look like you've been chowing box, man. It was because the other friend had been eating watermelon. <laughs> and then I, my crush, it, it it persevered. But then I saw this guy who, by the way, now owns an energy drink company, which feels so perfect. I, I saw him hawk a loogie onto a plant, and then I watched it dangle, and that's when I could no longer have a crush on him. Uh-huh. I am so... Excited to welcome back to the show, show, yes, I said that correctly, Sarah Schaefer. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Have you ever stopped having a crush on someone because you watched them hock somewhere? Uh somewhere?
4: I can't remember a specific instance of that. Um, I'm trying to remember sudden decrushing. Disgust. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, there are many. I mean, when I was in college, you just had to like me back and then I wouldn't like you anymore.
1: Yes. Just, it, and it wasn't, for me, it wasn't necessarily even genuine liking. It was just like being kind, kind and open to me. And I'm like, uh-oh, this feels like too much commitment.
4: Yeah. I was just, uh, afraid of kissing. And everything that came after that, and so as yes. soon as a guy I liked would lo- would show interest, I would, I would, I called it the bad vibe. I would become repulsed.
1: Hmm. When in your maybe book, I'm well, gay. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs>
4: Twenty weird. years later, I figure out no. Twenty years later, of... two
1: husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many <laughs> questions. Well, no, I have two questions. <laughs> I'm going to circle back to them after I introduce. No, but I got to say what they are because I'm afraid I'm going to forget okay (laughs) i'm I'm, and then yeah remember them Uh, i'll put them in the the hopper (laughs) thank you one question is if you were afraid of kissing and everything that came with it at what age did you have your first kiss and then my second question is in your book you had a slang term for like making out and sex stuff and i'm forgetting what it is so that's the second question okay okay daniel Quantz, my husband hello and welcome
0: hi I can concur with what you said earlier. All I did was like one of your tweets and you wanted to date me. That's not true. It's, that's how little it took. That's right. not true. I have a I have a spit anecdote. Okay. So I, I never spit. I'm just one of those guys. Just don't do it. But uh, there was one night when I was out, we were having sushi and I stepped out on the sidewalk and there was like something in my throat and there was nobody on the sidewalk that I could see. And I was just like... Ah, and I, I didn't know it was like... Ah, spit. But but little did I know there was another guy <laughs> half a block down, maybe not quite half a block, coming my way. And when he got up to me, he spit. He spit right... like He thought I was spitting at him in his path. <laughs> and so he had to spit in my path. That's the weirdest. Made me aware. There's like a whole spitting... At a, like language that i don't speak
3: God, we we humans were like we're just monkeys with wallets like this like this is so primal i spit at you are you're gonna spit at me yeah
0: <laughs> but was like, you just, he... i'm just saying that as a cautionary tale just careful where you spit or you might get you know jump so
1: but did he like <laughs> did his loogie hit your loogie
0: no but it was really close it was like in the same you know concrete you know Square area. Sure, you know what I mean. Ugh.
1: And was he looking at you like? You? Oh, it was an aggressive
0: Ugh. spit. It was definitely not like a you know toss it to. the It was like a Tuh! to you.
1: Hmm. And then what did you do?
0: I, I was mystified. I I, I felt bad because I felt like I had offended the guy somehow.
1: But you didn't try to say anything about it.
0: No, we fought with knives <laughs> and <the> chains <laughs> after that. Sure, okay. <laughs> Those guys do.
1: Glad glad to know. And Jeff Fox, hello.
3: Hi, Allison! It's good to be back. Wow! More tricks, mixed crowd, mixed crowd. They're gonna have to. This... they're gonna have to have a knife fight afterwards and decide whether I'm yay or boo.
1: Maybe they can just uh, just fight with uh, let their mucus do the talking. But exactly. this audience, I I do love their passion. I must say, yes. Okay, I just love that it
2: in the parentheses is not human but computer. And so I'm choosing to associate you as this computer that's kind of jazzy.
3: Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like,
3: computer voice.
1: You guys have, for years now, you've heard what I can do with a human producer. I've decided to try out a computer producer. Yeah. So, so far, I feel like it's going really well. Okay, (laughs) lots of stuff to get to. (laughs) Uh oh. Bye lots lots of stuff to get to in this show we're gonna do our new breakout segment do you remember this dude soon (laughs) cannot wait for that we're gonna do some just me or everyone I've made a little list of things we need to get to but first let's circle back with Sarah Schaefer okay full (laughs) disclosure before the in the intro, the intro that the Patreon people get to see, but that no one else hears, Daniel accidentally said Shara Schaefer, and now yeah. it, my mouth wants to say. It's a common.
4: Welcome. It's a very common uh, tongue. It, it, every it, I've heard it so. You know you have a name that is like that when you've heard it so many times that now I don't even. I would have never even, cru- I mean, I would have been like, they know who, they know who you're talking about. Just keep going. It's funny. Well,
1: especially because welcome to the show, Sh- Sarah Schaefer. That's yeah. where it gets, yeah. that's where things get real well, dicey. Tongue twister. Yeah. All right, She Sarah. sells seashells. What's the one where you end up saying, there's one where you end up saying farts. So naturally I enjoy it.
3: You're bill um, smart, smart feller?
1: Yes. Four smart fellows. They felt smart. Ooh, what a fun one. Okay, Sarah, when did you first kiss someone and what do you call sex stuff in your book?
4: Okay, so uh, first kiss someone um, when I was 16, but I hated it. I really despised the experience. Kissed another guy maybe a year later. Didn't like that either. Um, I don't remember enjoying kissing a person. <laughs> Until I was probably nineteen, <laughs> okay. and then every step past that was equally terrifying and repulsive to me. Until finally, the body took over. You know the the hormones got in line with the psychological. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it it all worked out in the end. I have got had it. sex. Yeah.
1: I also had my first kiss at sixteen, and I felt crazy old.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt very behind every step of the way. And I was uh, compared to a lot of my peers. But now that I'm older and there's been a more general sense of like the pool of people out there, it's it it wasn't as abnormal as I thought it was.
1: Yes. I. Well, I think everyone. I think the people who were sexually active young were loud about it and the rest of us were quieter about it. We late bloomers. Yeah.
2: Tell me if you've had this. I've had several friends with daughters, especially. I think it's maybe more expected in little boys, but that are like experiencing or curious about sex or even like masturbation at a very young age where they're like, Yeah, we had to go talk to someone about it. It was, I didn't, I wasn't ready for that talk yet. And so it's so weird to think like the hormones would be coming in. On the way early end, and then to be like 19 and like, oh, I'm getting something, something. This is, this is, that sounds, oh nice. no, I had,
4: I had, uh, uh, I had, uh, little tingles, you know, uh, <laughs> from a very young age, but just wasn't aware of what they were. Oh, and I, the connection between someone else being involved in that, uh, that was,
2: what do you think was it that like pushed it over the edge? Was was there like an image you saw or a movie where you were like, "Oh, I I that if that body kissed me, I think I'd be okay with that?"
1: For me personally, it was A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon. But Sarah, the question was posed to you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um well, no. I mean, there were lots of movie moments. I think there was a moment in um 16 candles, maybe. I mean, it was early on, you know, like, I don't know. There was a lot of, uh, like all it took was a, for a dude to lean on something and then look at the girl <laughs> with the right song playing. A lot of Jordan <laughs> Catalano. Oh, yeah. Uh, Some
3: psychedelic friends. You know. <laughs> yeah.
4: There was a lot, but of desire. All I wanted was a boyfriend and all of it, but the physical, execution of it was very terrifying for me.
1: Yeah, I think it was kind of the same for me. Like I wanted to be able to say I have a boyfriend. I wanted to be the age where people have boyfriends and go on dates. And like, to me, it was like, that's when you're like really living your life and you have a life that exists outside of your nuclear family, which I desperately wanted all of that. I wanted to be like on my way to independence. But then the but I didn't think about the actual like what it meant to have a boyfriend and the it wasn't about connecting with another person at all. It was about I just wanted to be older
4: yeah and i well, and I also wanted to be loved like mm-hmm. and to be worshipped, but I didn't want uh to have to give anything of my body for that. <laughs> yeah
1: I feel like that's a very feminist stance
4: it took a long time to get there and then when it was ready it was it was i was off and running and the, and the the guy that i lost my virginity to i ended up marrying
1: that's so right
4: so that and it didn't work out <laughs> oh, but a little bit of a turn there would Ooh. you everyone kept clapping that should have been a- oh
1: yeah come on jeff yeah. pick up computer the producer let's <laughs> let's take that let's take that one again Sarah, tell us again how oh, it didn't work out. You well, married, I, yeah,
4: I, yeah. I lost my virginity to a guy, and I ended up marrying him. <laughs> but it, it didn't work out. We got divorced, but you know.
1: Damn it, Jeff! <laughs> okay, what's, ha- what's happening? This audience is very callous. I don't <laughs> yeah, the Jeff
0: bot was programmed for
1: this. Oh no, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. got to restart him. It's
4: okay,
1: um, Sarah.
4: Oh, Would well, you? speaking of the second question, I should oh, yeah. have brought it up earlier, given what we talked about. In freshman year in college, um, one of my friends came up with a term that was uh, for sex or uh, basically sex, but anything advanced was uh, called uh, touching junks, J J U N X. I want to touch junks. Did you touch junks?
1: It's so elegant. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I like that.
1: Sarah, would you – if someone were planning on marrying someone that they had lost a virginity to and they hadn't been with anyone else, would you recommend against that?
4: Oh, I i don't know. That seems like uh, – that seems like a really heavy piece of advice. But, I mean, I do recommend exploring mm-hmm. before you marry because, I mean, that wasn't the only reason my marriage didn't work out. <laughs> That, that was not even close to being the reason, you know.
2: But You're the only junks I've touched. There simply must be more. <laughs> exactly. I've only, yeah. Touched one
1: junks. Yeah. <laughs> I are, need there more. are there other junks? <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, so many junks, so little times. I know.
1: <laughs> um,
4: I mean, just I re- recommend it just because, you know. Uh, make sure, he, and that I mean that because I don't even like it because that question because it's implying that the reason I broke up with my ex is because it was dissatisfactory.
1: Oh yeah, that's not what I meant. Like,
4: and then I found out there was like a bigger dick possible or something. Like, it wasn't like that.
1: Oh, that's yes. I see <laughs> yeah. how that could seem like part of yeah. the question. That that I think it's what a I youth
4: meant. thing. If you're too, if you. Um, end up marrying and never have other experiences and maybe even I mean I got married at age 27 yeah um and that at the time didn't feel young to me but looking back it was very young for
0: me yeah traditionally that's not very young
4: no but I felt I had only had one boyfriend, and so I hadn't been through life experiences such as breaking up with someone. Mm. So that made my divorce very difficult. (laughs) I didn't know how (laughs) to break up with someone or what it was all supposed to mean, and then for it to be divorced on top of it was very dramatic.
3: You just hock a loogie at him as they're walking down the street, I believe. It's a (laughs) traditional Yeah, I spit on him, and I
4: said, no more! (laughs) And (laughs) then- I found out that's not how you're supposed to do it.
1: Well, then, if he had covered your spit with his spit, then, oh, my God, uh, then it would have been... That means it's over.
4: We didn't have to go to the courthouse. That's That's right. That's a classic,
1: classic annulment. Okay. My two-year-old seems to have joined this show. Hi, Owen. Look at that little angel. Say hi. He's not the most (laughs) dynamic of guests. Oh, now, hi, Owen. Can you say hi? Hi.
0: <laughs> oh. What are you doing, oh. Owen?
1: He's so cute. He's, go. he's cute, Look but at he's, him. he's he's cute, but he's just he's a disruptive little guy. Okay, all right. Um, let's see. I think it's time for our brand new breakout segment. Do you remember this dude? Do you remember this dude? Do you?
0: Remember this dude? Do you? Remember this dude, do you? Remember this
1: dude, do you? Remember this dude, do you? Oh, do Sarah, apparently mm-hmm. you have actually met Dave Huntsberger before. Do you remember this dude?
4: Uh, I remember the face and the name, but I don't know where we met, and I couldn't place you when we first got on here. Uh, and that is becoming a more common occurrence in my life. I've met and so also many for people. Dave, <laughs> Yeah, I have,
2: I feel like I, I, sometimes I attribute it to just being in Los Angeles and I don't know if you're yeah. in, I assume you're in a big city yeah. also. Yeah. And yeah, at some point, and maybe the pandemic had a, but I think pre-pandemic, I was already starting to do that where like I had always kind of prided myself on, oh, I, I remember people generally and sometimes just... Fully blank. So, and I feel like last time we did this, this, is the second time we've done this segment now, and we didn't really give like. A is it full always backstory. about you? It came it's about <laughs> because <laughs> yes. of me. Because, like, Allison was asking me, like, <laughs> it's she was just saying, you
1: with random people.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's me thus far. <laughs>
1: it's making you feel really forgettable. <laughs> he recommended it
2: as a segment. <laughs> I said it, like, I, I was kind of jokingly, jokingly saying, yeah, okay. I was like. Because it was two people in a row where I said – like she asked me about the first person. and I said, oh, yeah, and oddly we kind of know each other. I would be shocked if she remembered me. Then she said, oh, and then Sarah's going to be a guest. And I was like, oddly enough, we've also like interacted once. So how do you remember me? Okay. so And this is why it's so funny to me because it adds this really great little third tier to it, which is – uh, we were at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I I believe we had just maybe watched Sam Simmons, and I think I was with Jrennan Davis. Oh, okay. And oh, you yeah? came over okay. with Carmen Lynch. And yeah. Carmen and I had met a few years prior at Montreal, and there was like a huge loud party happening. We'd seen each other a few things here and there and like been on some shows together. But it was like the first mm-hmm. time we chatted for like an hour outside this big party. And then I saw her yeah. at the Fringe, so I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And she just openly was like, I don't know who you are. And I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and she goes, no, I'm I'm being serious. I have no idea who you are. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> well, we met at – we were chatting at Montreal for – and I was like, maybe she was on drugs then or something or – I don't remember what the no. case, why she was I, – I felt like after that, like, that was a fu- you, fun conversation. i talked to somebody
4: for an hour, you and I didn't talk for an hour, did we?
2: No, and then so Carmen was basically like, oh, yeah. Well, anyway, I remember sorry your about face and your you name. Yeah. yeah, I and I remember you because that moment stood out to me so much of her just being like, I don't Cause know who I you are. Because I was
4: just so gorgeous. Oh,
2: And that, yeah, you're radiant. There's that beautiful <laughs> Scottish like fog in the distance, illuminate <laughs> moonlight in the background. But she was like, this is Sarah. And I said, hello. And that was about it. We we just said hello, yeah, but yeah. you were witness to that insanely awkward moment between me and Carmen. So that's my, that's me. That's what I it, like emanate is uh, who are you? Oh. And so that's, where that's well, like, you know, segment I, I jokingly say, as- threw it out.
4: Okay, one, as comedians, and two, then on top of it, if you are, like, I also write for TV. And I recently talked to someone who had looked me up on, I guess, IMDb or something, which I don't Mm -hmm. even look at. I don't know what, the last time I looked at it, I got so angry. (laughs) (laughs) It made my career seem really weird. Um, And he's like, you have done so many things. And I'm like that the IMDb doesn't even have half of it on there. So the amount of jobs we have at working in this business, the amount of shows that we go to and the sheer number of people that we meet along the way, audience members, bookers, club people. When you go on the road, then you got to meet, you meet the guy that picks you up from the airport. You meet the, all the other comics, it's more than the average person meets. Yeah. We meet way too many people to to be able to keep up with it, and it's like horrifying because, like, I think we're kept to the same standards that everyone else are kept to of like remembering people.
2: Oh, and, I get so envious. Do you run into people that maybe like never left where you went to high school, and they're like, "Do you remember this mm-hmm. time in?" And, and they'll have they like have a such whole day memory. memorized, yeah. and you're like, "Oh man, not even close." An old old college classmate just emailed me,
4: which was kind of weird. She listens to my podcast and did not realize until the last episode where I talked about college that we were classmates. And it all came rushing back and she remembered me. And when she writes me the email, she's like remembering shit that I said in the class. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. She has (laughs) like really clear memories of like (laughs) conversations we had, you know, and uh, you know, I mean, that's that some people just have better memories, but um, yeah, I think it's not fair. The amount of people that we have to meet and keep up with. And sometimes I I will remember someone and they're so impressed. I'll be like, Hey, (laughs) Carmen, you know, whatever. And then other times it's like, uh, I, one time a guy in a green room was like, I was like, "Have we have we met before? You seem familiar." And he was like, "Yeah, we like spent a whole weekend together in Boston. Remember that?" And I was like, "No memory." Like he's telling me all this <laughs> stuff, I have no memory of the entire weekend. Hmm, like it was wow. a it was a comedy thing. He's like, "You Did were there." Sure with happen? Scott. Well, that's what I was like. I feel like I'm being lied to. He's like, "And then you and I and Scott went to this restaurant." I'm like, "What?" I like, I don't remember it at all. <laughs> What's so, weird is, don't I, feel
1: feel, that. I feel like my average for have we met before is or like we've met before, right, is pretty high. But I feel like when other people are sure they've met me, they're usually wrong. And in the telling of that, I feel like the unreliable narrator is me in that scenario. Because I'm like, when I do it, I'm right. But when other people do it, mm. they're wrong. Unless yeah. I actually am right and they're oh, wrong. Oh, I think I'm always wrong. Okay. Well, then that means I am right because here's an example of someone who usually thinks they're wrong. I don't understand the logic of that either. <laughs> uh, well, I can always I, tell I, when people yeah. are
2: faking it when they'll say like, good to see you or good to see uh-huh. you again. Yeah. And I really mm-hmm. like to call people. I feel like that's just the smarmiest. So if someone says to me, good to see you again, I'll go, we've never met and i really get a nice satisfaction out of the don't try that shit with me it's such a hollywood weird thing to do and they feel yeah. like they i've figured out a loophole i've written a whole book about this i i hate it
4: there's there's somebody um there's people who do the opposite of that which is we've met 7 times <laughs> mm. and i'm like why are you counting yeah that and I, I understand like earlier on in my career there would be people that sometimes it's egregious it, where it feels like they maybe they're doing it on purpose it's like a power move like, david and i were 48 just of power we're just yeah. yeah. like, like a week
1: ago talking about yeah. this the thing where it's like but you have met a lot and the person claims, seems not to remember you right right like we've we've worked together like and
4: you're not even acknowledging that maybe you're mm-hmm. wrong and forgetting they're like no we've never met and you're like uh what? <laughs> so I, I understand there's both sides to it, but yeah, the, the the people not remembering you when you really think that they should, that's really annoying. But also with social media, it's even harder because there'll be people that I'm like, oh, we know each other. And it's like, you know what? And, and then we'll talk and we're like, you know what? I think we've actually never met, but we follow each other online. And so we think we've met. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> There's um, a whole other layer to it now, Dave. Yeah, you were, were you just out of town?
2: I was. Yeah,
1: where'd you go? How was it?
2: It was great. I had this. You know, I was working on. Uh big nothingness, which is out now on on youtube and in the audio streaming a bunch of places forever and i and then I was like coasting into the finish line for because it had been done for what I felt it was like months, and one of the things I had been telling people whenever they brought like when they would bring up the the song and the credits like that's a cool song. And I go, you know it's great like i I checked in with them real early and got the rights to it and they' are like oh that's awesome. I was like, yeah, you know like I like that band and so i i I realized i hadn't sent them the final product, and so I was like, oh what am I doing? And so I sent them a link and the people I'm referencing are someone in the band and a person who had been connected to the chat that was with the record label. And I, and it was like stumbling in and realizing you hadn't like done your taxes or something to the effect of like, Oh shit, I was certain I sent that bill in or whatever. And the email, I had just changed it in my mind that they're like, yep, you're all good. And it was check in with us. It should be no big deal. I mean, it was still like so close to being oh, it's still pending. It's still like pending. If as long as this person likes it, you're good. So Mm -hmm. then I sent it over, and I got this reply that was like that person doesn't work at this record label anymore. So-and-so and so-and-so <laughs> no. and so are on it. And I was like, oh, oh this isn't so great. <laughs> oh, no. I had to like – yeah, the people that were putting it online, I had to message them like, there's a chance this could be an issue. I think it's going to be fine. And it was not fine. They It was going to be oh, so no. outrageous to license the song. And I was like, no one even watches the credits anymore. And I didn't I – didn't, the whole spirit of the project was people – doing something artsy for like just to be a part of it and be creative. There wasn't a lot of like, I'll do it, but for this amount of money. So I just moved on, but I was like in the mountains with no wifi. I had to drive down this road, uh, pay for some wifi, but then my computer battery would go down. So mm-hmm. I'd be like struggling with this slow ass wifi to try to figure out, if I could connect with another musician to see if like they had a song I could use, then I'd go back up the hill and plug in a generator and plug or start a generator and plug my computer into it to get the battery back. It was such a calamity of like, I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways that's, that's just, again, that's me. Like for whatever reason, just missing, <laughs> like <laughs> not crossing this one T and I'm scrambling up and down this mountain at the last second, right before it's released. It was so dumb. But my friend, um, Andy Crest, who goes by the name Kristofsky as a musician, so great, makes stuff all the time, puts it up online for free. It was like, yeah, use my song. So got a new song in and hopefully that problem is solved, but it was just so dumb, but it was great being that in the sounds- mountains.
1: That sounds so stressful. I don't think that's just you. I think I've talked before about how I have this problem with closing the loop with emails. Mm-hmm. Like I'll say to someone, hey, are you available on this date? And they say yes. And then I never respond. And then I get into trouble because I forget. Like the, the most dramatic example of this being when we were sitting there recording our show and then Jensen Karp walked in and he's like, sorry, I'm late. I'm like, oh, we don't need you this week. Like we hadn't, <laughs> he was so nice about it, but I think I had said, would you happen to be available on this date? And he had said yes. And then I never, anyway, so I, now I always try to do like one more email round than I think I need. Yeah. Um, so it's not just you, maybe it's just you and me, but anyway, um, yeah, that sounds super stressful, but, uh, but, but you were in the mountains.
2: Yeah. And that was only a, a small percentage of the time. So the rest of it was really relaxing and great. I saw some mountain lion poop. It was pretty wild. Have you ever seen like, it? Or tell like, me
1: everything.
2: No, yeah, what is it Yeah, we were like? walking over and I was, I, it's like gigantic cat poop. It's like 10 times the size, mm-hmm. but with like tons of deer fur in it. So it's pretty wild, <laughs>
0: like a human finger.
2: <laughs> yeah. no, way bigger, way bigger than a human finger.
1: An AirPod. So like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's suggesting there is a human finger in it.
2: Oh, gotcha. A yeah. wedding ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of paraphernalia. That's how I Lollipops. got my Apple Watch.
1: <laughs> That's how you got your Apple Watch. You picked it... <laughs> wait, you picked it out of yeah. Mountain Lion?
4: They just it, pass right through.
3: Yeah, it had broken loose. I didn't have to really dig it out.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's still mystery scat in my yard. Ooh. No, I don't know where it's coming from. It's bigger than... Ro- it's bigger than like rat poop but it's shaped sort of like a, a, a poop pellet. Maybe right squirrels. Now? Yeah, there's sounds, a ton of it. Yeah, maybe could squirrel. be
2: possum too.
4: Yeah, mm. possum. If it looks you guys like both? rat poo, but it's bigger, it might be yeah. possum.
1: Do you guys feel confident that you know what possum poop looks like? Or you're just thinking May it sound, sounds like it could be well, possum Well, possums poop. are rodents. Right.
2: Yeah. I, know I don't want right like. to go right to... Yeah, I don't want to immediately jump to like chupacabra or something mystical. <laughs> but mm. if I mean, I think we're all thinking that that you have a visit. I'm
4: looking it up. Okay, I've, good. What, Tell I, us. I, about,
2: I've seen is, some we, possum poo. When and what? Squirrel, what? How
4: was it?
3: It looks like big rat or big rat poop or big mouse poop.
1: It does. The, it does. They almost look. It's almost like bullet shaped, like in the way that a rat that rat poop is kind of the same diameter the whole way this is like got a narrow end i imagine for easy ejection and then it's a little more blood i'm looking at really
4: (laughs) uh yeah also lizard lizard poo can kind of look like that but a lot of times it'll have like a white uh nubbin on it (laughs) um a little bit of white in it uh but i don't think your lizards are that big i think it's probably possum
1: but there are so many lizards here i've seen way more lizards than possums but like, how big would that lizard have to be? for I know. The- that's what
4: I'm saying. I think it's probably a possum.
1: I never even, I literally, <laughs> hand to God, never ever thought about lizard poop in my entire life until right now. Can anyone else say that? Daniel, have you thought about lizard poop?
0: Mm, I'm searching my mind. No.
1: Dave, do you feel you have ever?
0: uh i'm I'm
2: sure I have I've met enough people that had <laughs> some form some type of li- oh in fact I was gonna say I've had lizards as pets. I I tried to tame a few lizards that I caught in one time we put a cooler, we filled it full of sand on the bottom and like rocks and little things like feel at home, little friend. And it was yeah. getting kind of thin. So I was definitely like, I feel better if I see some poop to know it's in there <laughs> feeling normal. And we it, eventually it just it got so bummed out. It was a horny toad. Do you know what those look like? They call it just like a, mm-hmm. I think they call it like a horned toad, but they're cool. Mm-hmm. They're toad. like, yeah, they're like a little battle creature. They'd squirt blood You'd out of you catch those. They're the best. But it got so sad that it started to get like kind of withered and flies were just landing on it. And the lizard was just like, no, I don't care. I don't care. I'm in a cooler. <laughs> this sucks oh. And so we let oh, it go, man. and I never saw the poop. But okay. it would have made me feel good had it pooped and like eaten those flies and really, ooh, <laughs> this cooler is nice.
4: Thrive, yeah. yeah, yeah, just thriving
2: in the cooler. Like, oh, I can't get eaten by birds in here. This is
1: great. Jeff, same question. Well. I
3: I don't think I've thought about it, but I had a pet newt for a while, and I don't re- I don't recall whether it pooped or not. It must have.
1: It must have.
3: But
0: newts are very discreet. Yeah.
1: My sister had two frogs. (laughs) And then one day she only had, and this story is going to take a dark turn. She only had one frog with something big in its belly.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. These were like little frogs, right? They were, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, they were, I mean, maybe like an inch and a half. The bigger one. Maybe like an inch. They were pretty small. It was still upsetting because I don't know but if Frog's also are discreet.
2: discreet. Like a newt. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I never really thought of newts as discreet, but now that oh, you yeah. mentioned it, it does make <laughs> sense. If,
0: if you're out in the wilderness and you stumble on a tiny little outhouse, it's probably a newt's.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I had an aquarium once. I had it for a long time and I just had fish in it. And then I went to a pet store and they had these little crabs and they were cute. They were regular crabs, but for some reason, one claw was huge and you know, the other one was tiny.
1: Fiddler crabs. Are fiddler crabs like that? I think that's a fiddler crab.
3: Okay. So it might have been a fiddler crab, but it was a freshwater crab. And I thought, well, this is neat. I'll put a crab in there. That'll be fun. He'll run around on the bottom there. And so I threw him in there. The next morning I woke up and I thought, ah, let me check out my this fun little crab. And dark in the room, I turn on the light for the aquarium. Bing. There's Mr. Crab pulling the head off one of my fishes and just with the one tiny claw, like just pulling its guts out and shoving it into his mouth. Just like, what's up, man? It's
1: breakfast. What's oh, up? Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Nate. Okay. Daniel, who mm. were you listening to? Oh, you were talking about something Norm MacDonald said. Okay. So the remember what you're, re, remind me what you're saying that Norm MacDonald said that actually the universe is not a cruel place.
0: Oh, he had some he had something he said back to Neil DeGrasse Tyson, I think, who um made uh, you know the comment about how the universe is cold and indifferent. And then Norm said, "Well, there's a contradiction in your logic because we are made of the universe, and we are not cold and indifferent." Mm. So we if we are of the universe, then the universe can't be cold and indifferent.
1: So I guess I would just...
3: Unless we are cold and indifferent.
2: Right. Like we walk by homeless people all the time and things like this as a species. That's true.
1: But I think we have the capacity for compassion as well. Here's my addendum. Maybe we are not, although we are, but frogs and fiddler crabs certainly are cold and indifferent.
0: I mean, nature's a horror show.
1: It's really awful when you think about
3: it. The killing never stops.
2: No, Never.
1: and it's Non-stop. but was
2: I mean that crab was just reacting to its own nature, and it's imp- like he was for just you, being a crab.
3: That's why I wasn't mad. I was like, this guy's doing what he
2: does. <laughs> but if you yes. the improbability when you saw that initially, maybe you're basing it on size. Like it should be okay. These fish are nimble. It would be like if you put a human in a cage with a bunch of horses or something. And you thought like this, they'll be fine. That's things way smaller, but the person was a psychopath and you'd come back later and the horses would all be (laughs) murdered. You would be like, like, Oh man, that's, that's that nature of that person.
3: Yeah. I mean the size of the fish, I think was a manageable size for the fiddler crab. It wasn't like a giant fish and a little fiddler crab. It was like the equivalent of a minnow and a fiddler crab. Um, Uh, but, uh, he wasn't biting off more than he could chew literally. But, uh, it it was uh, unnerving
1: <laughs> but see if someone said to me do you think crabs catch fish and eat them oh for sure i would but say i would have guessed no i would I guess just, they just eat plants or something
3: these were i mean these weren't old tired fish i just was kind of shocked <laughs> like how did you get this guy like what, what i was he asleep and fell to the bottom like i i was just shocked that he caught this fish somehow
1: I mean, he sounds like a varsity athlete.
3: This yeah, guy. I mean, he, he was alive for a reason. So he's good at what he's doing.
1: <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Norm, but I do think the universe is a cold and indifferent place.
2: Did but- you know he was... Um, this is this sucks because, I, I mean, in comedy, Norm MacDonald, the best, but he was banned from the comedy club in Austin for groping ladies. So a bit cold and indifferent to their feelings.
1: No. I didn't know that. Yeah. the
2: universe is mostly empty and dark, and then there are these little <laughs> points of brightness and light and warmth, etc. I feel like that's kind of human. We and contain it, yeah. multitudes. <laughs> yeah, we're we're vast.
0: I think I think that mostly it is cold, cold and indifferent. Except, it's also capable of us, and so it means it's not totally right.
1: You know what's not? This is. As the queen of segues, I think this one is either one of my best or it's not one of my best. It's that's a tautology. It's definitely one of the other. But you know what's not problematic? (laughs) apostrophe apostrophe skincare do you have a cabinet full of acne treatments and skincare products but don't even remember what half of them do it is hard to navigate skincare products hundreds of options lots of marketing claims spending hundreds of dollars on the latest miracle product and you don't even know what it is um i am super happy with apostrophe i wanted to try retin-a um i don't really have a ton of acne anymore uh, I do get the occasional breakout, but I had heard that Retin A was like this miracle product for this for the stuff that comes with aging, for fine lines and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and this this woman that I follow on YouTube, uh, who does mature skin uh, tutorials and things like that, has charted her progress with Retin A and how much it's helped her skin. So I really wanted to try it. Um, I don't have a dermatologist, a regular dermatologist that I make appointments with and go to and then I started with apostrophe and it's so easy and through apostrophe you are you it's an actual like for real dermatologist who puts together your skincare plan but you sign up you you do a questionnaire uh, where you talk about your skincare goals, you take three pictures, two profiles, a straight on, um, and then you send it in, then you get an email like, oh, your your um, dermatologist has put together a treatment plan for you. And so I started with tretinoin, that's the generic retin-A, and then some some um, skin bleach too, because I had a couple dark spots, which are like almost totally gone now. Uh, and then I asked if I could go up and concentrate. So now I'm on my like third bottle. Um, and I've gone, I started on a very low concentration. I've gone up in concentration a little bit. I am having a little bit of flaking, which is, which happens with it. Um, this is like the first time I'm actually having some flaking, but it's just, it's so easy. Uh, I, I recommend it so highly. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash bestfriend when you use our code bestfriend. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash bestfriend and click begin visit, then use our code bestfriend. Sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe.com slash bestfriend and use that code bestfriend to get your dermatology visit and save $15 and we thank apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, Sarah, you yeah. have you make miniatures and you made a miniature comedy club and just did a show. Can you yeah. tell us how like Daniel and I were talking about this and he was I was I was saying that you built little dolls for each of the comedians for the show.
0: I let me how, let me this jump is a conversation. I was okay. like, I wonder if Sarah uh, has like a green screen and projects the comic or has a shot of a miniature and does the audio. And Allison said she thinks that she brings the comic to her house and shrinks them really small <laughs> and puts them in there. And I think, You're I think both that's ridiculous. wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, that's ridiculous.
4: <laughs> no, I, so uh, how that. do you do it? Mm-hmm. So I, um, I actually have stand up about this exact question now <laughs> cuz <'Cause> i'm like <laughs> now i'm just talking about the project in my stand up and it's layer upon layer but um the i have dolls versions of the comedians that i operate as a puppet inside the tiny comedy club and they're like you know 5 6 inches tall and um and then the comedian provides the voice uh right now it's over zoom um I for think now that's what
1: i i think i was right daniel and yeah. you know it's important I mean, for me if to be you right looked at no, the pictures i posted it's
4: down. pretty obvious what i'm doing but the the
1: Back i can Dan- see who see, follows me on social media and who I... <laughs> um, <laughs> <I> <laughs> no fall.
4: um but uh the dolls are really challenging because one i'm not skilled enough to make tiny dolls yet like realistic looking like i'm not a sculptor i can't like paint facial features onto something i've sculpted like it's really that's a whole other layer of uh stuff and talent that i don't have but uh so the dolls that are out there the choices are extremely limited i mean it's like horrifying like i i mean my friend like want to start like a diverse doll line like because there's no racial diversity there's no body diversity um and so i try to make the dolls as close of a representation of the person as possible given what i have available to me sometimes it's really funny and like accurate and then other times it's like a fucking nightmare and the comedian part of the fun of the show has because we've done it twice now is the reveal of the doll (laughs) <laughs> uh when i when i go you know please welcome patton oswald and i lower the doll in and everyone's like screaming laughing cuz it's so bad and he just spent the whole set making fun of the doll the first time we did it it was really funny and um but it's this really creative project that has uh taken off on a life of its own that i did not anticipate i truly started the project because I was already interested in miniatures and I had the idea and I thought, how cute would that be? And then it became this whole thing, a very transformative personal experience and like a artistic endeavor on like a commentary on comedy and something I can use to do shows. And it's, it's like taking on a life of its own now. And I'm very um happy about it because it's just so it brings me so much joy and I'm seeing that it brings other people joy in a way that I haven't been able to do with my work before. So it's really cool.
1: That's so
0: cool. That's great. Have you ever done anything like that before?
4: Um, No, I, well, I've done like hints of it. Like I have a miniature collection and I did a little web series one time called Sarah's miniature shelf and it became like a haunted, miniature shelf like each episode got more crazy and then um and then last about a year ago I moved and I finally had room at my new place to take on a project I've been meaning to do for like over a decade which is to renovate my childhood dollhouse and I got to do that and um it was very rewarding and it was my first time you know doing anything where I created something miniature And that's what opened my mind to like, well, what if I tried to make actually something from scratch and start and make everything I can unless it's unless it's out of reach for me to make something. And I, I mean, I made like a couch. I made the green room. I made a little mini fridge that lights up. I did lighting. I made a neon sign. You know, it really... So uh cool. so far i mean for the last show i made a wheelchair for danielle perez because she uses a wheelchair i made a miniature wheelchair which was wild and like i, I like learned how to weld <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so cool you are very crafty and make all sorts of yeah. cool little things Daniel does the same. He makes miniature stuff and sculpts and does all sorts of artistic stuff. And Dave does woodworking and leather work. Jeff, you work on cars. Like, you guys all work with your hands. My dream would be to never, ever do anything with my hands ever again. Like, the most (laughs) creative thing I do with my hands is either put on makeup or, like, use them to type creative things. I'm so – I do not have this thing that you guys – that everyone here on this show has.
4: Hmm. Well, it's good. It's good because we need people who don't do it to enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. And That's it takes true. up a lot of
3: space.
1: Yeah. Well, does. How, Just do the miniatures take up a lot up of up space? No space? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I talked right over you. Go ahead, Jeff.
3: Just typing on a, typing on a computer
0: doesn't take up as much square footage.
1: No, it doesn't. No.
0: I'd say there's something weirdly satisfying about miniatures, and I can't put my finger on it. Um, like, it, there used to be a museum of miniatures on Miracle Mile here in LA. Oh
3: yeah, I never saw that. I always
0: walked by and wanted to go. See yeah, I always wanted. I always wanted to just spend. I never the whole saw day there.
4: it. the The Chicago Museum of Art, or whatever the that museum is, the, the famous one. Ha, it it had, yeah, it has a miniature exhibit that is incredible, and it's a a room. With all these windows, they look like when you would walk in, you'd think it would be framed photos. But when you walk up to it, it's a room on in a frame against the wall, and you look in, and it's lit, and like it's mostly like period piece stuff. But it's so I lost my shit. I didn't know it was (laughs) in there. We walk in, and there's a sign. It's like the miniature room is down the steps. And Scott was like, my husband was like, did you see that sign? And I was like, what? (laughs) And we walked in and I was like, "Oh my god." I took a picture. I I would probably spent 45 minutes just in that room and then it was like, we have to go. I can't go see any of the rest of the museum. <laughs> How does your husband Scott feel about all the miniatures? Oh, he loves it cuz he collects action figures, so it feel make it it helps uh alleviate some of the the teasing that I give him. <laughs> um and there are some items that he has that are helpful, like little – he'll have little things that are like the right size <laughs> yeah. that go with yeah. what I'm doing.
3: Yeah. What's the scale? Like a human compared – well, there are all different kinds of – uh, Yeah, there's different figures,
4: scales. But- yeah. He, I work in 112th scale, 1-inch scale. So like a 6-inch figure uh, in the world of action figures
2: mm-hmm.
4: is close it's a little different, but it's close. And then, um, but yeah, the, some people work in like 124th or 16th. A lot of uh, the taller action figures, or Barbie, is 16th. So that's like Barbie is like a 12, what would be considered a 12 inch doll, even though she's not 12 inches necessarily, but that's a 12 inch world. I don't know. I'm very into fractions now.
3: So, so what's your <laughs> what's the scale of your your comedy world?
4: It's one twelfth. So one it's easy to remember. One inch in my miniature world equals one foot oh. in real world. So if I want good if, choice, if it's easy to trans. Yeah, it's easy to to do the math because if I'm like, okay, the room is eight by ten feet, then it's eight by ten inches. That's easier so, to
1: figure out. If I'm following, Barbie is twice as big as your world. Barbie is double the
4: size of my world.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is fun from a fraction fraction perspective. I never had a dollhouse. I think I would have liked to have one, but I never had one growing up.
4: Yeah, I mean, I learned, you know, dollhouses are a privileged world. um, Mm. Have long been because they are the ones that are really realistic and wooden and all that they are on more expensive. And I grew up the first half of my childhood, I grew up with that access to that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And, um, and so when I was able to renovate this dollhouse, I just, I don't have room for it to keep it. So the intention was always to give it away. And so I was able to give it to a little family that, uh, would not have been able to afford it otherwise, which was very fulfilling and my, you know, just such a an honor to like it's
1: so neat, give yeah. it
4: away. I and I people were like, are you sure? Because like you really spent a lot of time on that, Sarah. It's like really, really, you could sell that for like thousands of dollars. And I was like. I could, and I ended up doing like a live tour of it to raise money for charity. So I not only used it to raise money, but also I'm amazing, is what I'm saying. I am <laughs> a hero.
1: No, <laughs> no this it was is just, why when yeah. Dave met you, the clouds parted, the sky. Glissed.
4: Exactly.
1: Yeah. I I just Meers had that chirping.
4: effect on people. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Did you make the girls uh, compete for it?
4: Yes, I made them compete. Uh, we filmed it. Uh, It'll be out on uh, Quibi next year. No. (laughs) Um,
1: I think we should say hello and welcome to new patrons. Now, I already gave my hard sell for Patreon at the very beginning. But again, sign up for a year, get two months free, 12 months for the price of 10. Oh, what fun. All right. <laughs> I would like to say hello and welcome to Chris Davis. Hello and welcome to Angela Harris. And hello and welcome to Angela... Ha- Excuse me. What is happening with my brain and my mouth? To Aaron Hagseth. Hello. Welcome. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy all the stuff that you now have access to. And also, your names, two of you guys, your names look very familiar. And I'm wondering, are you return patrons? I will take that as well. Um, all right. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Check it out, everyone. Um, I think it is time that we should do some Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? Or
2: everyone.
1: All right. This is a segment where where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? And then we weigh in. And if you would like to submit yours, tweet it to at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F and uh, and then that's how you get it in. Oh, and use the hashtag J-M-O-E. But Jeff, computer producer Jeff, you said that you have one, right?
3: I do have one. I'm going to call an audible because I don't have a Twitter machine.
1: Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you can go to the front of the line and just say yours.
3: Thank you. Uh, I feel like I should have saved this for Jenna because I feel like she would have something to say about this. But <laughs> uh, just me or everyone? Chewing gum makes me hungry.
1: Oh, so interesting.
3: If if I'm not particularly hungry or not hungry at all, if I start chewing a piece of gum, I will get real hungry really fast.
1: That's interesting because I think that sometimes like a, if you, if you're trying to not eat or something, a, a trick that you'll read about is like, Oh, just chew a piece of gum as if it's supposed to like somehow substitute it. But that would make sense that it'll like trigger like your body thinks it's about to eat. Yeah. Hmm. This is not me, but is it any of you guys? No. Uh,
4: nope.
1: It's not me. And one,
4: it is. You're right in your instinct. It's like, I've read this. It like uh, triggers the physiological response uh, of eating. It gets your stomach acids going. And so it that's why you feel hungry. But two, I would never feel hungry in this scenario because I would never put a piece of chewing gum in my mouth. It is forbidden in my house. Really? It's forbidden in my car, in my workspace. I he- hate it.
2: You hate, well, when they, you hate it. You hate it more than I
4: Hate it. <laughs> oh my Man, god! Wait until you are fifty-seven. Be allowed.
2: When you're fifty-seven, that gum thing is going to kick in, and you're going to be chewing <laughs> no, so much gum. You'll a... marry gum, divorce it. Second <laughs> set of gum is going to take off and go great. And you'll make little miniature gum. Yeah. You'll have the dolls <laughs> chewing that.
4: <laughs> Stop talking gum. about it. <laughs> miniature gum. Yes. One piece candy is store six where pieces. they're no. selling
2: gum. Yeah.
4: Sarah, I'm it's, not a big
1: gum. I'm not a gum fan either. I have
4: misophonia with it. I have like the smell of it, all of it. That I am there's like a gum wall somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. It's Ugh, the w- it's, well, it's, what, it's it's violent. It's it's chewed me. gum like, I, and they just stuck it on a wall. Oh, it's yes. all over. It's like the most horrifying thing Whoa. I've ever seen.
1: Jeff, have uh, you people seen... people will post pictures
4: yes. of it once in a while and That's I'll just disgusting. be like I wanna block you just for posting that.
1: <laughs> yes. There's I think in Paris there's a bridge where there's a section of it where people put a bunch of locks. It's like that, but gum. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Only That's in America. <laughs> That's I right. Like
0: it's... Back, I feel like back in the eighties, like gum under tables, every table you would yes. go to no. in a public space had gum under it.
3: I uh I was a custodial maintenance engineer for a public school district for a long time. I scraped so much gum. Ugh. So much gum and I hated it. That's that being nightmare. said, I'm not a big gum chewer. I just chew it occasionally, <laughs> a little minty sugar-free gum for my nerves. Yeah. I actually don't chew gum.
1: Okay, take, Mr. I, gum. I have
4: breath mints, you know, for those for that reasons, but no. I I I've gone I've
3: I'm an anxious jaw clencher so it's sort of a mm. a suit How
2: thing do you bring it up to people if uh they've introduced some gum into your life If it's you know,
4: I've now become uh I have learned to manage the the world in the world of gum <laughs> chewers i i've learned over the i mean living it traveling i've just learned how to like go into a like a i disassociate like i literally just go somewhere else you go into your state i do i'm like like rocking back and forth like it's almost over it's almost over um but if it's someone who I'm like going to spend a lot of time, I don't like in in mixed settings. Like at work, I won't, I've learned over the years. Don't tell anyone. Don't say anything. Cause then they're like, Oh, Oh my God, Sarah. Oh no. (laughs) Like they swallow it. And I'm just like, no, I, I don't want you to adjust to me. I will adjust to you. It's okay. But if it is somewhere where it's like a shared office space or, my husband, when we first met, I just straight up am like, I know it's annoying, but this is just how it has to be. If you're going to like share space with me and we're going to have an intimate relationship, like that's going to, that has to be that way. Like in a car, if I'm in a long car trip, I will say something, but if, it, if I'm working in like a writer's room and I get there and it's like, you know somebody's a really loud gum chewer like i oh. bought my first pair of he- um years ago my first i i got these today i mentioned earlier but my first pair which i just replaced today my first pair of noise canceling headphones i it was the first time that i did same it, same day delivery for amazon <laughs> I, it was like a new feature, and I was like, I've never wanted something same day so bad. <laughs> it was a new job where a guy was just like. <laughs> Just the wettest, nastiest gum chewer popping it, and I was like, I don't have the power in this room, writer's room, to say anything, so I got the headphones to, like, help drown it out.
1: <laughs> what What about, like, if someone's eating corn nuts or sunflower seeds, or is it all general mouth noises, or is it especially gum? There's some mouth noises
4: that I, I am. I, I have, like, I'm very sensitive in all ways, smells and sounds, especially, and, um... My husband has. We've had a lot of fights about it.
0: <laughs> no, stop eating that sandwich.
4: I'm like, how does one drink a hamburger? <laughs> how how is it possible for you to chew soup? What are you doing over there? <laughs> um, no, but we we've learned to like live like to. He now understands that I'm like I. There's things that annoy him sound-wise, and I'm like, okay, you know how that annoyed that makes you feel? That's how I feel when I hear whatever, and I can't help it. But uh, it's not all foods. it It's just some stuff. I, I've i just learned to deal with yeah. it for the most part. Because it's... The world does not... It's the stupidest thing. It's But it, people who have misophonia or other types of like... Um, sensitivities to stimuli it they understand that like the rage you feel is 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 abnormal like it's mm-hmm. your, your heart the pan it, it sets off some kind of panic yeah that's why i chew gum <laughs> <laughs> well we'll never be in the same room when we're both anxious it'll be a never-ending circle <laughs> it, 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 it is it
3: would be a vicious cycle
1: yeah, I had a moment earlier where I – this is my second show that I did today. And during the the time in be- – like I, after the first one, I went in and I went to the bathroom and then I came out into the living room. And both kids were yelling and they were watching some kind of children's program on. And it was really – everything just seemed very loud. Um and I mean I think that that's like a pretty common thing to be irritated by but I felt that panic for a second of like oh mm-hmm. my god I can't hear myself think I'm losing my mind.
4: Well, one thing I've noticed with me with um it with it is that by the end of the day the more tired I am and the mm-hmm. it's like a cumulative effect I can't take any more stimuli. So if I'm tired, I can't the volume has to be even lower. Yeah. And and I'm like so prickly and irritable and like it it sucks because i have some jokes about it now my act where i'm just like there's a term called highly sensitive person i don't know how real it is i literally like took a quiz online like but it fits with (laughs) all of this so well that i think i probably if i went to a doctor and was like am i this they'd be probably be like yeah um but I was, like, you know, describing it on stage, like, you know, all this stuff makes you seem like, oh, it sounds like I'm a superhero, but in reality, I'm just a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, turn it down!
3: <laughs> all the symptoms you describe, I get that, too, but it only happens when I leave the house ever. <laughs>
1: yes, <Yeah, it's laughs> right.
3: That's the only time. That's
2: because you're a computer. Yeah. I
1: Sure, you get hot and your fan turns on, but <laughs> um, I, I was I wasn't. I'm, I've been going back and forth about whether to bring this up because I feel like when when I talk about COVID and all that stuff, sometimes people are like, "I don't want to hear about this anymore," and yet I feel like every show I spend a little bit of time talking about where we because we're in a pandemic. We're so in I'm it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Um, I tweeted about this. I said that I. I I like to think it was pithier in my tweet, but something like I was looking on Instagram and I noticed like tons of people that I know are going maskless to places like in indoors, big crowds, maskless. Is this what people are doing now? What's going on? I'm getting mixed messages because we are almost totally still like on lockdown. I mean, not entirely, but we now we do have two unvaccinated kids and Mm -hmm. if a kid tests positive if a kid is going to school excuse me and test positive it's like a whole big thing so i think it's different if you don't have unvaccinated little kids but at the same time i don't know so most people who wrote back are not living as freely as the instagram stuff um but i don't know sarah what about you like what's your life like now
4: well, I'm trying to be careful because I do live in close proximity to an unvaccinated child in my new mm-hmm. living situation. Um, and we're like kind of melded as a a pod. And so I don't want to like have to separate and which we luckily can if we need to. But um, because I'm doing stand up um, where I, I've really tried to stop doing stand-up Uh, there was that brief period where things were open up. Yes. Yay!
1: Yeah. And then I was in, I, doing in-person shows. It, again it, at that and point. Then
4: I pulled back and I was like, okay, I'll do outdoor shows. Um, but I will, and I will do indoor ones if it's proof of vaccination and everyone's wearing a mask backstage and in the audience, then I'm way more likely to do it. And then I will take my mask off for that performance and take that risk. Um, but because of that, I haven't done a lot of the other things that people have done because I'm trying to like just lower the amount of times I'm mm-hmm. taking the risk. So I haven't really eaten in restaurants, I've only done that a few times, and I haven't gone to the movies, I haven't been to a concert, I haven't done anything like that. So because I want to save it for stand up and things right? That, you know. Um but I have traveled and I, I wear a mask and Um, I've been okay so far, knock on wood, but yeah, I mean like the, people were talking about the Emmys and Seth Rogen made that joke of like, this isn't safe, but I actually worked on an Emmys adjacent production Mm -hmm. and everyone had to go through the same protocol and it was the strictest thing I've been a part of. So it was like masks everywhere. Now those celebrities in the room they all took their masks off for the ceremony, so I understand what he was saying. But in order to get in there, you had to be vaccinated, and you had to have a, a and a negative PR, PCR test. Uh, twenty four hours prior, you took the you know so right. That was the strictest thing I've been a part of since um, this all started, and it was like I felt safe in that situation, Mm -hmm. even though, sure, there could have been a chance that you were sitting next to someone who was just rolling
1: in it. Right. Right. Yeah, the Tonys, people in the audience were wearing masks. It was interesting that the Emmys didn't have them wear masks. I don't know. It's weird because I'll see pictures... Of these festivals, like festival concerts, where people are just packed in, it is nuts. Or maybe I'm nuts for thinking that's nuts. I don't know anymore. Dave, what's your take?
2: <clears throat> I think it depends on uh, where you are. So, LA County are uh, 8.8 million people, slowly creeping up toward a pretty like um, trustworthy vaccination status. Yeah. We've calmed down in cases. Where we're like a thousand a day now, which isn't great, but out of 8.8 million people that are all kind of living life, that's, that's Mm -hmm. pretty good. And then, but if you go, you know, certain I've, I'm, we want to go see some friends in Arizona. So I looked up their vaccination rate. It's awful. So like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to be like out Mm -hmm. in public. If we go there, I'm doing a show. I haven't done a single set since the lockdown and I'm supposed to do a show in Minneapolis, uh, like the first weekend in November. So I feel okay traveling and I feel okay in the space. Like Sarah was saying, like, masked green room etc but the idea of going out to do essentially like the first stand-up in nearly two years i'm there's a lot of triggers i'm sure that seeing people in the crowd you know laughing projectile you know just breathing toward you yeah. there are these weird like triggers it's really that you don't realize you have and especially when you have young kids and they're unvaccinated you just have this different sort of like hey stop trying to kill me and or my <laughs> my offspring so well, I left, I I left a show.
4: I, you I played it I've played it by ear, like, and f- just followed, I mean, you know, one day to the next, I might feel, you know, a little more brave than others, depending on how much I'm getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I went to a show where I was, like, not getting paid, and it was, like, kind of a dump, and... I went in and there was no proof of vaccination and I, the masks weren't No one, you know, half the people, most of the people weren't wearing masks in the small performance space. And I was supposed to go on stage like in five minutes and I just said, I'm so sorry, but I I, I can't do this. I've got to go. And they were so nice. They were like, we completely understand. Don't worry. And I was like, I, I know I'm coming off like a real bitch here, but- I'm Like I have I a paid know. gig I in two like, weeks, and I can't, I can't get COVID and can't cancel that gig. Like,
2: <laughs> it's weird to feel like a jerk for doing something that I, I don't know. I feel like if you if shouldn't have to justify
0: that. that. I know, not yeah. at all. You're, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not the one being a jerk. I, I went to the Apple store last week in Northridge, um, to get my the new Apple phone. He's one of those. And, um, they. Had to sta- stand in line, and uh, it was spa- I, I created space between me and the guys in front of me because they they were together, but they were wearing their mask below their nose, like you know, just cavalier. They were just it's like we have a mask, but we don't really put it. It's like the and, most uh, punk like, rock move. Just
2: <laughs> take this establishment. <laughs> it's my nose, I'm well, a fucking yeah, and so punk rocker. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to deal say- with these <laughs> nostrils. I respect no authority at all nostrils.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like wearing a backpack on one shoulder, you know, <laughs> I'll wear it, but um, you know, I'm, gonna it. Um, now, like I'm not going to say anything school- to these guys. No, you know, ahead. I'm not going to be like, guys, put your mask on, but I'm just going to create space. Cause, uh, you know, I have two kids and I'm not afraid that they're going to die, but if they get COVID, we don't know the long term effects of that, I, you know. Like childhood diabetes has gone up recently. Like I, we don't know. So don't, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but the Apple employees kept going, like, "Can you guys move closer? Can you move?" And one after the other kept coming up, like, "Move closer." And I'm like, "I'm not moving closer." They're not putting their mask on. I, like, fuck off. <laughs> like, do you not? Have you forgotten what's happening right now? Like, why are you pestering me about this? You
4: shouldn't have to justify why you don't want COVID.
0: Right. Like <laughs> they're the ones not putting their mask on. Why are you coming at me? Like I started yeah. to get more and more like ramped up every time one would come to me. And finally by the the last dude, I was like, I'm not moving forward. <laughs> he was probably like, who's that psycho? But
4: well, they you know, say that they, if someone's not wearing their mask properly, it's the people behind them yeah that are getting the cloud more than yeah. the people you know so it's like they've shown fucking footed like computer generated models of how this all works and it's just like i right. somehow and i don't know everything i'm not a scientist whatever but i somehow as confusing as it's been you know i have had a grasp on the
0: basics <laughs> like <laughs> There's a lot of people who think that, you know, wearing a mask and wanting to wear a mask is you being afraid for your own health. I know. Like, oh, you're so scared. Oh, you're just uh, hiding under the bed or whatever. And it's like, no, you wearing a mask is to protect the other people. Mm -hmm. I'm not when I'm in line and I'm keeping a distance. It's not because I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. It's because I want to protect other people in my life. And, and it, it only works if we all do it. Get <laughs> that. You know? I,
4: I, I'm like, how many times do they have to be told? This is what drives me crazy. But but I think the protect, protecting others thing. One, I did a show that most of the audience had masks on, but a few didn't. And I said, you know, the, for the people not wearing masks, it would be my honor to give you covid tonight. <laughs> you know, uh, like I said that to, I I was just cuz I just wanted them to think like I was like, you know, you come to a show the comedians are the ones that are out and about doing a bunch yeah. of stuff inside and I'm like, and we're up here with our masks off, so and I just want them to subtly think about the fact that they're the ones for my breath is is the danger, not you know if they're right. wearing a mask right. or whatever. But yeah. did
1: any of them put it on? No, because no. at that point they're
4: like they're put on the spot and you know, right. whatever. But it's only yeah, happened like once or twice. But yeah,
1: entrenched.
0: I feel like um, at this point, you either do or you don't. Like yeah, the people who aren't,
1: aren't. All right, Ray Morgan says, just mirror everyone while pumping gas. Wonder if I'll ever fuck up and try the diesel pump uh well the diesel pump is like shaped differently right i'm always curious about it should be
3: i believe it has a larger size nozzle so that you can't put it in an unleaded tank
4: yeah that that just makes me feel i have worried about that as well i'm not you're not not the only one
1: not just you then there we go unless Um, you're
0: filling a duffel bag with gas because you're afraid of the shortage yeah
2: (laughs) tupperware
1: yeah, I feel like a duffel bag. I mean, it would just leak right out. And it smells. Did you, have
2: you ever worried about driving off with the nozzle in your tank? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I've done that. Oh. And oh. Uh, I was on a really long road trip, and I was just out. I was like, kind of just sleepwalking through the whole motion of all of it. And I went in and paid, and came back, and just got in my vehicle and started to pull away. And this oh, guy God. came running over right as I heard the nozzle. It didn't break off. You know, they have a thing in Ooh. place for it to break off. Yeah. It just oh. fell out of the. The thing. It just oh, laid God. there on the ground and it didn't spill any gas or anything. And it was like, for the most part, pretty harmless. But this guy came running over, pounding on my window, just screaming at me. He didn't work there or anything. He was just mad at who I was as a person in that moment, <laughs> and which was understandable. But I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I just spaced it. And he was like, but how could you? I'm like it just <laughs> just happened, it just did. I, I can't you. take it back. But why? He just but couldn't why? get over it
4: because that I, is someone that checks and double checks, and they feel yeah. that now their hard work wasn't appreciated.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah was, obviously, was, you did it on purpose. Like they like, get the furious for...
2: seeing someone driving down the road with their the thing open, the little flap open. And <laughs> here I was, two steps beyond that. <laughs> I mean, I was, and it's not like me. I feel like I'm a check the things I, but you know, when you're really tired and all that is so fucking weird. And then it's like one of those things where if you did do the diesel or something, you do it and you're like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> was it you're so worried like the gas station's gonna blow up people are gonna come yeah, yeah out you imagine that. the whole gas
4: station <laughs> just like trailing behind you down yeah. the highway
0: Like Uh-oh. the thing
2: ripped off there's gas everywhere that guy's smoking everyone run yeah and instead <laughs> it just flops out harmlessly Nothing <laughs> that's truly
4: really what i've always imagined is the complete destruction <laughs> yeah
1: david's scary to think you're on the road like that um I also when I look back on the condition that I used to drive in like late at night it's uh, it makes me feel nervous now it didn't make me feel nervous then
2: Yeah I was always pretty good at pulling over and sleeping I wouldn't push it to where like I was nodding off or but you can get in a real like dream like state where mm. to just stay on a road going straight for hours and hours you don't need a lot yeah. you just your brain needs to kind of recognize like foot Hand okay, we we got everything we need, and anything beyond that, I just wasn't taking in. It's it is kind of scary to think about. Like,
0: yeah. and I'm
2: sure I was like probably stretching and stuff. Like, okay, here we go, and hopped in and just zoomed off with the thing. Still, in. it's crazy.
0: That's why Oof. I never did cruise control. Yeah, at least it was that little bit where you're still engaged in driving. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like cru- you cruise control foot off the gas. Yeah, cruise yeah. control
3: is just one step closer to just checking out.
0: Yeah,
2: You know what else it is? A miracle. It's just the best. I don't know why you guys are afraid of it. It's so wonderful. I love it
4: because I get such bad like hip pain and stuff and ankle pain that if I can't change positions... Oh, yeah. Because I've done some really long haul drives, and if I'm stuck in the same position for too long, it's unbearable, the pain. So I, uh, I love cruise control. My strategies for staying awake when I'm driving is um i will listen to a book but it's not just listening to the book i will try to say the words of the book <laughs> as i'm listening to it i'll be like try it
2: try it with me as they crested, the earth looked out upon them upon like itself. a giant globe, like a and they were oak. seeing through their, through own their eyes, eyes their futures out before Their futures them. are out there,
4: and yeah. then <laughs> they turn. <laughs> That's really when you've listened. When you've listened to a book long enough, now you understand the voice, and mm. so you can really try. Especially if it's like an accent, like a British one, is really good. Like, or if I'm listening to NPR or something. Um, and it's like the BBC British what, guy. I'll just like try to say the news with him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's such a and good idea. My,
4: it really my, does keep me awake. Yeah,
2: I heard that truckers will hold. I don't know if this is an old tale or something, but really late at night, exhausted, grab a hundred dollar bill and hold it out the window.
1: Oh, that's oh. smart.
0: Ah! Yeah, but... <laughs> that's I, you know what I like? I like uh, drugs.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you're Mr. Like, five Hour
2: Energy yeah. over here. I used I to chug Mountain Dew and no doze. Remember that oh. was supposed to be just like pure caffeine, and I would still oh, yeah. fall asleep. It didn't. Yeah, nothing. it
4: doesn't. Well, yeah, it doesn't. Oh, I, I mean, caffeine doesn't. It, I mean, I. I meant. I think psychologically, I'm like I need a soda, and that'll wake me up. You know. But uh yeah, one time I I did. I had too long of a story, but one time I was. Really pushing the limits and uh, I'm had maybe 15 minutes left of the drive and oh. I went like this, like, you know, when your head goes like oh, this yeah. Yeah. and I was going like 80 miles an hour and after that, I changed a lot of rules about my travel. It scared <laughs> oh, me. So that'll wake you right up.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I did <laughs> that. I was busy it all day It scared me stuff. so much. Yeah, you never forget that. I had my a little <sighs> puppy with me on the bench seat of my pickup truck, you had and I spent all day loading up my puppy. I had a little my dog's brandy's like Nuppie. a loaf I was of bread, like
0: it was like a blanket or a stuffed <laughs> animal. I
2: had my nuppy, Daniel. You know my <laughs> nuppy. I <laughs> my nuppy next to me. Wait, is this your I'd current like, dog? No, 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 this is oh. uh, my previous dog. And I had been loading the pickup truck all day and it, like, z- you know, hustling. And so it's the first time I was off my feet and you don't realize that your body's oh. like, ah, psychologically it's going, all right, we need to get where we're going. And also kind of going, ah, we can finally rest. And I don't remember how it happened. I just remember what Sarah just talked about. It was like, you wake up and see your lap. And I was <laughs> like, that's, and then I see my nuppy. And then I'm like, <laughs> and I looked up and I was exiting To a viewing area, like a rest stop, so anyone behind me would have just thought, like, "Oh, he's just pulling off," but (gasps) really, I was going dead at the pole where the sign for the rest stop was. Yeah, and I went (laughs) and swerved back on. It was horrifying, and I was probably one second of still being asleep from that being the end of it. Oh
1: my god! Yeah, I know,
2: crazy.
4: I,
1: I thankfully
2: I didn't go that far. Woo, that <laughs> it is was, scary. Yeah, it, so the, I always pull over now if I feel like any kind yeah. of nodding off. I just
0: they, so they have standing desks. They should have like standing. Yeah, drive <laughs> <laughs> like a chariot. Get yeah, me yes. yeah, like a chariot, <laughs> I <laughs> I Alexa,
2: Turn my car into a chariot. Turning car into
3: a chariot. Yeah, garbage truck drivers they do that. They have yeah. Yeah. standing cab. They should have that for cars.
2: Huh. I that's and a million I think,
3: dollar idea.
0: I think Some, so. Let's do it, Jeff. All right. I'm in.
2: Like a, like a fire truck where they can ride on the back seat. You should have that on a vehicle. You can get on the bumper, hold a different steering wheel, and yeah. then right. when you went past people, yes. they'd be like, oh, she's tired. You're like, <laughs> yeah, trying to stay
1: awake. It's or the where, like, you turn your car into a pedicab for when you just need to get out, stretch your legs, and be engaged. <laughs> I... um. And some listeners have heard this story before. I was driving back from Santa Barbara where I had seen Lenny Kravitz and Blind Melon. I was in college. Uh, and now, wait. I, what
3: decade was this in? <laughs> this
1: was in the 90s.
3: Yeah.
1: the 90s. Yeah. It was in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, driving. And I sometimes get visions right before I fall asleep. And I saw confetti. And then I saw the Michelin Man. And then my friend who was in the car with me went, holy sh-, or like, Jesus Christ, did you just fall asleep? Because I heard the like, zzz, 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 of my my wheel hitting the speed bumps or whatever those little bumps Rumble are. Rumble strip. Yeah. yeah. So I actually did fall asleep. Um, so The man wasn't there. I'm the most, no, he wasn't. I'm the most rebellious, rebellious of all of us. Because not only did I see rock and roll, then I fell asleep. But it was okay. But it was scary. Yeah. So, we're terrifying. all lucky. Young yeah. people listening to this don't be like Enjoy us. It.
2: No, yeah. get pulled over. Nothing, not, everything you think is that is important is less important than you dying in a car accident. So, yeah. you can miss shows. You can miss being at. I used to get, do you ever get this? Like, drive long road trip and then, like, you're a little late for dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I wanted to make sure yeah. I was alive when I got here.
1: But, yeah. Sarah, tell me if, if, you're like me i would not feel safe and i'm never in a situation where this comes up but as a woman driving alone i would not feel safe pulling over to sleep in my car
4: oh yeah that's a problem i there's a lot to that too of like yeah you know if it's at night it's a totally different story and i've just try not i just try to avoid being in a situation where i'm having to drive a lot at night but right being it's pretty terrifying and, as a yeah. dude,
2: too, I'll just say. It's not yeah, a I fun mean, feeling. Yeah, it's not fun.
4: Yeah, like I've – there's been a couple of times in my travels where I have thought – where I have new rules in place. Like my my travel rules have changed because of a night where I felt unsafe. And whether I was or not, it was enough to ruin the Mm -hmm. night and i didn't sleep a wink because you know like i no longer will stay in a hotel by myself or in general (laughs) because i don't need that shit anymore but i won't stay (laughs) in a hotel that has the door opening up onto the parking lot right even first floor is a little uh dicey for me because of the windows Mm uh because i just get nervous and i start I can't sleep because of it. I have night terrors, and I think somebody's coming in the room, and it just like fucks up my life. But yeah, those kinds of rules, and uh, no more red eyes. Where then I have to drive after, because that's when I nodded off. Was after that, and um, and uh, yeah, like snow. no chewing gum. Yeah, <laughs> no chewing gum ever, because the, the the risk there is that I kill someone. Oh
3: my god! When you're at a motel, if you're on the first floor, and then the the creepy boogeyman person walks past the vending machine to get to your room, and they stop and get gum, there's your nightmare.
4: I mean, why put that in my head?
3: Yeah,
2: that's not a cool a computer ca- thing as, a to do. as a cautionary guys, tale. A cautionary
4: tale.
1: Guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us on this show. Um, if you Yay! like what you're hearing please make sure you're subscribed to the show or following or whatever it's called in your app of choice. Leave us a nice comment on Apple podcasts. We we'll read them on the show. Uh, five stars for our favorite number. Tell a friend, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Sign up for my Patreon. Um, listen Patreon. to this week's Monday show with Nicole Thurman. And that is on YouTube. Also YouTube.com slash Alison Rosen. Um, Dave, where can we find you? What should we look for?
2: Uh, Big Nothingness is on YouTube. It's also streaming at uh, everywhere. So there's a smart link through most of um, the places where you can find me that'll access you to any one of those things, or you can just go to YouTube and search it. But DavidHuntsberger.com is the best place to find it, and then it'll be on Vimeo on Friday, and which would be the what thirtieth or the first? Oh, October 1st first, is yeah. Friday. yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I think Amazon at some point after that but I'll have more info on that when it comes. And then um, Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis is their, it's their 30th anniversary, November 5th, 6th, and 7th. And I will be there. I'm not sure which night yet, but uh, maybe all three. I don't know, but I'll be there for that. And that's it. So Big Nothingness. Thanks to everyone who has watched it. I appreciate it. it took forever to make. And um, I hope people enjoy it. its um, I'm glad it's done. The song fiasco, all of it. So, and thanks for um, letting me chat about it on here. It's time to stop where the cowboys shop, the D Bar M, the brand name in Western wear. It's Western (laughs) stores. I messed it up. It's brand name in Western stores, but yes, D Bar M. Shout out to Reno, Nevada, Jack Bassett, and everybody at the D Bar M.
0: The Hollywood of Nevada. To watch it,
4: Sarah. What about you? you Please come to. a show at the Ha Ha Hole, my miniature comedy club. The next one is on October 21st. Uh, You can go to NowhereComedyClub.com Yeah, NowhereComedyClub.com or my social media, Sarah Schaefer1, to get a link to buy tickets. And check out my podcast, The Schaefer Shakedown.
1: And also, I just want to give a shout out to your book, Grand. I was just telling Uh, Daniel that it is like... And I think I went on about this the last time you were on, but it's like one of the most well done memoirs I feel like I've ever read, oh, and certainly that I've ever read so recently. Like the structure is just, it's just you. so well done. So, and, and such a, not only just from a structural perspective, but just the book is so good. <laughs> Everyone go get Grant. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, what about you?
0: Oh, you just follow me at Daniel Quantz, Twitter and Instagram. Dequants on the snappy. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Check out the garage. Oh, yeah. It's a big garage. Get out of here, you motherfucker. <laughs> Brings it all back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, Jeff, what about you?
3: Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And that's all.
1: All right. You guys, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. You matter. I love you. Goodbye.
0: Hey, do you know my. Allison Rosen Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go.
2: Yeah, Allison Rosen.